Hi, you're listening to The Whole Podcast with Becky Alcantara and Nancy Gruzy. For some of us, healing is a longer road, an ongoing journey that takes us to moments in which we can question, am I ever going to see healing? Is that your story? We know it's not always easy to keep believing, to hold on to the hope that you will get a taste of heaven on earth in the form of healing. Today, we're having an honest conversation with our guest, Stephanie Charney, as we talk about how do I keep hoping in my journey to wholeness? Hi, friends. Welcome to The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, Nancy, here with the founder and author of Journey to Wholeness, Pastor Becky Alcantara. Hello, hello. As Becky mentioned earlier, our guest today is Stephanie Charney with her sweet little baby boy, Silas. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your journey. Well, you are a Journey to Wholeness facilitator. I am. Share a little bit about who you are. Sure. Um, I am a wife, a mom of three boys. Um, like you said, I am a journey to wholeness facilitator, which is so much fun, um, to be able to, um, help other women on their journey. Um, right now I work at the, uh, Life Church and doing some great stuff there. And I think that's about it. That's about it. And, and she sings and she uses sings. her wonderful gifting of her voice on Sunday mornings with us, which we love. And so if you hear uh, Silas in the background cooing a little bit, he's just hanging out with us today, which is fun. <laughs> it's the first time we've had a baby on the, on the podcast. <laughs> it's our premiere of yes. babies on the <laughs> <His> podcast. Premiere. <laughs> <laughs> so Becky, what's our topic this uh, this day? I was going to say this morning, but this it's day. not necessarily morning. Well, I know uh, the last podcast you may have heard, we talked about um, how do I help my body heal? And one of the things that we talked about was um, the prevalence of chronic health problems um, in in America. And gosh, overall, I feel like we're we're seeing that more and more. Um, if not uh, for the chronic health problems in themselves, in that all of us have had uh, in the last two years <laughs> now, as we do the count, um, some experience of just illness that has maybe taken longer for you to see healing or that you may still be struggling with the side effects of. And so it's a very different topic that we talk about um, when we're talking about long-term struggles Mm -hmm. in our health and how do we handle that? How do I keep on hoping in my journey to wholeness? And maybe your um, struggle hasn't been a physical uh, illness. Maybe you've struggled with mental illness or, um, gosh, emotional um, heartache, and it seems to be ongoing. Uh, and the question we get most often is, when my experiences are compounded, when I don't even seem to have a moment to catch my breath between or after or, you know, mm. in the midst of this new thing now that I'm having to struggle with, the side effects, the compound effects of of this struggle I'm facing, how do I keep my hope alive? Mm-hmm. How do I keep hoping for that wholeness that we talk about um, on the podcast? How do I keep hoping for a healing when it seems to be more and more elusive as the days go on? And so uh, today we invited our friend, uh, Stephanie. Um, and like many of us, um, I for one have struggled with ongoing 
health problems, um, definitely have struggled with depression. Um, so has Stephanie. And uh, I think at some point we got become the experts <laughs> of really having to um, hold on to hope yeah. when sometimes what we're hearing from doctors or from our situation or from the new diagnosis that we've just been handed is to keep hope throughout that entire process. Yeah. And how do you do that? And like what you said with the, when it gets compounded, it's one thing after another and how easy it would be to just decide mm-hmm. that there is no hope. Right. It's really easy just to succumb to mm-hmm. the diagnosis mm-hmm. itself um, or to the label um, yeah. or to, you know, really start to question and kind of raise your fist to God and yeah. like, what kind of God are you that I haven't seen the results that I see others receive or that is promised to me um, or that I want to hope in, but it's becoming more and more difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just want to have a real conversation because we know there's many of you out there who in the face of all of these great podcasts we have may be answering back to us out <laughs> on the on the airways. Yeah. How do I even do that with what I've been dealt um, or what I've been facing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or going through currently. Um, I think for me specifically, um, when I see a breakthrough moment or what I perceive as a breakthrough moment um, in especially in my uh, my health, um, and then I think everything is better and I think that, okay, we can move on from this. We can, um, you know, face the next challenge mm-hmm. and then something happens and then I have a setback. And that for me is where I, it's easiest to lose hope. Yeah. Especially when you have had moments where you've tasted the goodness Absolutely. of healing mm-hmm. and, and had like a, oh, this is it. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is your story, especially this year. Yeah. I have had um, moments this last year where I thought um, my chronic uh, diagnosis had changed. Um, I thought I was going to be completely set free from it. Um, and I and thought believe- I was going to be able to package it up and put yeah. it away and not have to deal with it again. Mm-hmm. Um, however... Being a journey to wholeness facilitator and having friends who speak the journey to wholeness language, I know that that's that's just not how it works. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't I can't package it away. Even honestly, even if I was completely healed um, in this moment right now, it's still going to be a part of my journey and a part of my process um, and a part of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I'll never be able to just package it away. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think we have heard, it's almost like urban legend, right? Like I've heard of these miracles that happen that, you know, someone was able to have a once and done where they received a healing and they never had to deal with it again. And we know from Journey to Wholeness, that's not necessarily how it works. We might not connect that um, to the last thing that we experienced, but we know that not only does God heal once and done, Mm. the miracle healings that we read about or talk about, but he also heals in layers um, and in seasons. And um, he heals 
underlying roots and causes mm-hmm. that we weren't even aware of. And so sometimes what we need to do is reframe a little bit how we were defining healing. And healing mm-hmm. is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's this hope in there. But mm-hmm. if you've been through a journey to wholeness group, you know that our traumas come from unmet expectation. Mm-hmm. I had this expectation of this is how it would look, but I'm being challenged to look at What's different and what did I receive in the process? What blessing or healing or realization or progress or growth did I receive Mm -hmm. through this? And it looks different than I expected, but it's just as good, if not better. Mm -hmm. And that can be difficult to swallow when you're still in the battle, when you're still in the struggle, when you're still having to go to the doctor and they don't have answers for you or they have answers that you were hoping you'd never hear Mm -hmm. again. And can I hold on now to who God is Mm -hmm. and the fact that he's still the healer and the miracle maker in the middle of my journey? Yeah, and I wonder, like, Steph, what you would say for this too, but what you just talked about, Becky, is like the definition of hope with a desire for a certain thing to happen. Mm -hmm. So for you, Stephanie, like... Going, going into more of like this healing journey with, you know, chronic illness, you have this, I'm assuming had this vision of what that was going to look like, the certain thing to happen. And if that didn't happen, are you defeated or with those setbacks? Like, where do you go from there as far as recognizing it wasn't that certain thing, but maybe there is something else yeah. that is the miracle or that brings you hope? Yeah, that's and that's definitely still a um, a behavior I'm trying to learn. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, a work in progress yeah, for all of us. Yeah, um, and being surrounded by people that can help point out that the little things are still miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, that the fact that I'm still standing, that I'm still functioning, um, that's still a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, even if my holding, di- or my holding, excuse me, <laughs> my healing um, doesn't look as whole, and that's in uh, air quotes, as what mm-hmm. I thought it would look, mm-hmm. um, it's still coming. Are you referring to healing um, physically, specifically in that statement? Mm. I mean, I think we all know that wholeness is a, mm. is a, so is a process, yeah. like even mentally and emotionally and spiritually, but I wonder if you're healing when you say that is more about the physical than it is because I feel like there have been moments mm-hmm. in your journey that you are healing through and that you do have hope in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I think it's both though. Yeah. I don't really separate them. Yeah. I don't think it can be separated mm-hmm. from me specifically. Um, I think that if you identify with, um, like for me with this illness for such a long time, for 15 plus years, um, it mm. it somehow um, becomes a part of who you are. And through the journey, you have to undo that because it's not a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Or let me rephrase that. It is a part of who I am. It's not who I am. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. Yeah, so I think it's definitely the emotional piece is probably harder than the physical piece. Yeah, yeah I think mm. uh, we've had this conversation in that um, even there's uh oh gosh, I can't think of the scientific term and I want it so bad. <laughs> um, but there's this phenomenon. It's scientific. It's how our brain works. Um, so it's not like, you know, 
made up. Made up. <laughs> it's a scientific <laughs> fact. Um, that our perspective um, can be skewed. And so you, if you think of stories of individuals who have lost a great deal of weight, but they still see themselves as obese. Sure, like right. they cannot see themselves clearly through their own perspective mm-hmm. because this has been their identity and experience so long that there's so many thought patterns that need to be redirected. Yeah. And really when you're talking about, especially a physical um, illness, but also a mental illness, uh, it's really a battle of the mind that yeah. we have to engage in, in that mm-hmm. um for instance, a few months ago, we had uh, my entire family went down with COVID, and I I acknowledge that it was the texts and um, the Marco Polos and just that persistent communication from people outside of the experience that I was having to check on me, to encourage me, just to be an outlet where I can express my frustration mm-hmm. and actually name the things that I was struggling with that helped me to keep me out of a pit of despair. Mm. Because really it was so easy in the pain of that experience. And and it's it's painful for some people yeah. um, that I, I really valued that, but also recognized that really ultimately it was that encouragement and that support that helped me to recover mm-hmm. fully mm-hmm. and how uh, being isolated can really have a negative effect on you. Mm-hmm. And when you are struggling with something chronically long-term, how it seems that other people forget mm-hmm. that you have this struggle, that you have this thing you're battling. Um, and and they can even say things like, oh, you're still going through, oh, you still you have that going that on. Like you don't sick. look sick. Yeah, you don't look yeah. like you're sick. And so then you feel like, well, I should buck up and maybe I don't have enough faith. Or There's all kinds of things that our mental dialogue will say because we so have been ingrained in living that story and being isolated in the process. Um, you definitely don't come in every morning saying, you know, here's what I'm struggling with. In fact, there are some days I think you want to forget that that's your struggle mm-hmm. and just be a normal mm-hmm air quotes, um, person. And yet this is more normal than we realize. We just don't talk about it um, because suffering um, and difficulty and pain are hard to talk about and to witness Mm -hmm. for other people. And yet how valuable that is when we have that so that we are seen fully. And so there's wholeness in that as well. I want to hear you talk a little bit more about that Mm -hmm. and what that that looks like for you um, because Stephanie is a close friend of mine. And so we have some of these conversations, but something I realized recently is my husband has what you might consider chronic illness too. And until I put two and two together that like the things that Steph shares with me about not wanting to talk about this recurring pain or this debilitating um, chronic, you know, physical, mm-hmm. you know, pain, that's something that I I don't recognize in my husband. So then when you and I talk about it, I'm like, oh, that's probably how Brian feels too. So I appreciate that you let, you do have, like what Becky said, you do have certain people that you let in to knowing that so that they can, they can hold you up when you don't feel like you have the hope. Um, But share a little bit about like how that feels to be walking around with this thing. Like you don't look sick. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. There's so much (laughs) to unpack there. I don't know if we have time. Yeah. I, um, but that all comes, it boils down to the mental piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, because for me, I was diagnosed with something at a young age. Um, and 
I've found myself feeling like a burden to the people around me. Mm. So um, it was easier for me to isolate in those moments Mm -hmm. um, and pretend like um, nothing is wrong. But you get really good at pretending that nothing is wrong. Um, And then you start to doubt how you're actually feeling, mm. right? So <laughs> I've, I've pretended that I'm not, that I'm feeling well for a long time. And so at some point I think, do I actually feel well? And now I'm pretending to be mm. sick. I mean, it's just, it's a monster of a mind game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, when I am fortunate enough to have friends that, ask me questions very specifically about how I'm feeling um, and press into me even when it when I'm pulling away. Um, that has helped me even over the last two years tremendously to be more comfortable uh, saying that this is a part of me, it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that I'm not a burden to the people around me, the people around me want to help shoulder some of that and they want to help me and they want to show me hope when there are moments where I feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. And also to help you to give yourself grace and mercy and kindness. Yeah. Uh, That it's okay to uh, succumb to rest. Oh, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because rest is productive. (laughs) And yet you can feel like rest impairs your family's ability to have joy or your spouse's ability Mm -hmm. to engage in the world. Um, And I I definitely have experienced that where I don't want these things to be true when an Achilles ruptures or a foot breaks (laughs) or I have another issue that we can't get to the bottom of. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not convenient uh, when mom wants to lay down because her body is in pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we had plans to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And yet, can I invite them in instead of trying to protect them from this reality that actually builds them up and offers them the ability to be compassionate, empathetic, resilient, and the blessing of being able to care for another person yeah. who is struggling. And so I, I think about those things and that um, when I shield them from my experience, um, I risk making really... Um, selfish, unaware uh, individuals to send out in the world mm. because they were never um, invited into experiencing that and then giving the gifts that they're able to, that they are made to, mm-hmm. um, were made for a relationship. And so anytime that something wants to isolate us from other people actually is contributing to that unwholeness mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and that fragmentation okay. really because that's what we're doing and and that's the definition of trauma is fragmentation so in us not sharing that we think we're saving our loved ones from trauma and yet we're creating that because we're fragmenting their experience mm-hmm. if we don't actually invite them in how will they ever understand and know how will they perceive because there were elements that weren't shared 
um, that are missing from their storyline. Mm-hmm. And as we know, all of us create a narrative mm-hmm. around that. And so if my isolation, because I need to lay down in bed, is not communicated as here's what I'm struggling with today, could their narrative be, well, mom just needs to be away from us or doesn't want to spend time with us? Or, you know, there's so many things I think of their perception of uh, the experience, um, not just mine. Yeah. There's, this is a little bit of a sidebar. Or were you going to no, share something? Go, go. <laughs> this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, not completely, but I think what to what you said about um, allowing your children to be in on what's going on. I, I'm reminded, stuff of recently when you talked to your oldest mm-hmm. and his first response, like, share it. I just, I think it's it was just so cool when you talked to Ben about um, what was happening and and his his first response was to pray yeah like let's so well mom sweet. let's pray I mean he just you know? he ran right up to me and just closed his eyes and folded his little hands and said let's pray and yeah. I was like all right I mean he's nine okay, we're gonna pray <laughs> let's pray mm-hmm. um so I struggled for a long time with shielding him um so for you to bring up the point about including your children, your family, your close friends along on that journey. It's, it's so important um, because I'm seeing the fruit of it in him already. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Someday he's going to be a loving, compassionate husband and, you know, he'll be able to um, help other people get through those tough moments. Right. Mm-hmm. And how his innocence reminds you mm-hmm. as you talked about, the constructs in your mm-hmm. mind to try to get through every day that his is pure and that mm-hmm. he reminds us to go to the very thing that we taught him mm-hmm. that maybe we haven't thought of as our first God. refuge mm-hmm. yeah, and our so first place to turn when we receive some mm-hmm. new news or when we're struggling that day. Um, we may be searching through Google and yeah. trying to figure <laughs> out what this is now or find uh, alternatives. And, but did we, did we go there first and did we go to the word to find just that fuel to get through just today? Um, not next week or the next three months, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when you're facing just really sickness that can be debilitating, mm-hmm. right? Discouraging, disappointing. Am I filling up my cup just to face that day? And that's what it comes down to. Um, so if you're out there going, yeah, what can I do yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a day-to-day basis to help myself get through, but maybe you're the loved one of somebody and you're just realizing, oh my goodness, they're still in that battle and I have not asked or talked mm. or provided encouragement. I can tell you it's the little nuggets. Mm. You don't need to do anything extensive, a card, a word, mm-hmm. a text, was life, (laughs) has been life in moments of great darkness and despair that invites you um, to just jump in and um, how impactful the power of a word is, Mm -hmm. that it's literally life in those moments. Yeah. And you do have to be careful with which words you use, though. Yes. Uh, I will say from my own experience... um, Silas is sleeping. In yeah, the I'm sorry. So if you, can if you hear, hear him, him snoring, <laughs> he's so sweet. Um, when you are dealing with someone um, that has a that's going through a chronic illness or um, you know depression or anything like that, 
um, when we tell those people, you're so strong, mm. it's, we think that we're being helpful, mm-hmm. um, but being on the receiving end of that, and this might not be true for everyone, but for me specifically, um, then I feel like I have to hold myself to this certain level of strength. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if I'm weak in a moment, then, um, you know, everything is going to crumble. So I would say if you're encouraging somebody that um, that's going through those things, just pick your words wisely yeah, and be a source of encouragement. Yeah. It's the equivalent of saying, oh, God must have thought yeah. you were strong enough for this. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. And, and really, let's just clarify that in case you're like, well, what's wrong with saying that? Mm-hmm. God did not intend for us to be in pain and suffering. That was not his original plan. He's correcting things that went awry and we're in the process of that, right? We're in the process of, yes, the tilting earth, the Mm -hmm. correction of just the world having gone off of the tracks Mm -hmm. and he's already done it, right? We're just waiting for the final act. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that struggle, in the middle, when you're in the middle of the lake and you can't see the shore either way, I don't remember where this started Mm -hmm. and how this began, but I also can't see the shore of where I'm going. Um, Those are the moments that we have a great opportunity really to see Jesus walking on water. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the disciples were in the middle of the lake that they saw the water walking Jesus. And I would say mm-hmm. in the darkest moments, in the moments where I have been in complete just surrender because not because I'm so good, but because I was so exhausted yeah. <laughs> and so fatigued yeah. and so overwhelmed yeah. that I had to succumb and surrender to the water walking Jesus is when I have come to know him better, that I have come to understand that he sees me fully, that he's with me in the middle, Mm -hmm. um, that he sees me and that he suffers with me and has Mm -hmm. suffered with me, but also that he's already done the work to redeem it all. Mm -hmm. And so it, in the darkness, in the night, um, that's what I can look to. It's the light of hope Mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily what I thought or what I would have asked for, or what I would have engaged in. And if you gave me the choice today, would I go there? Probably not. But am I thankful for the opportunity to see and know him better, um, to develop a relationship with a God who knows suffering, Mm -hmm. who knows heartache, who will not leave us in those moments that never has, even when we feel most alone? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll take that a thousand times over. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not hard. Yeah, <laughs> It doesn't mean that it's not a struggle every day to hold on to hope. But what I know is just like the world needs a correcting from the tilt that it took in the fall, that so does my mind. Yeah. Um, and I've had to recalibrate what hope looks like. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hoping for. And uh, in Journey, we talk about uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ, that we have access to that very mind and perspective that helps us to see the hope of Christ, of God himself, who is present in our struggles um, and who wants us to hang on to hope of healing and wholeness and goodness, because that's the God he is. He's a God of order, not chaos. And that structure, that whole plan that he has is for us as well. And it's not lost 
um, in the process um, if we don't get lost, <laughs> mm-hmm. if we can hang on and uh, gather a, a, a multitude of witnesses um, to journey with us in that. Um, it's so important for us, uh, gosh, to to remember that. I also think of um, Daniel, right? When Daniel said, I'm, I'm doing it God's way, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure he thought God's going to save me from, you know, this king who's like, you need to worship and bow down to me. Uh, and and he didn't. And so he was like, well, we're going to put you in this fiery mm-hmm. furnace. I'm sure he was like, I'm going to uh, hang on to God and he's going <laughs> to save me from the furnace. And yet right, he didn't save right. him from the furnace, yeah. but he was there with him in the fire. Yeah. And I think if you feel like you're in the fire today, mm-hmm. know that God is with you in that and yeah. you still will not be burned by the flames. So our perspective, our hope was save me from this, package it up, keep it mm-hmm. from me, don't make me go in. And yet he's saying, I'm there with you and I want you to know me in the fire and know, have an assurance that this, these flames will not burn you because your hope is sealed. Um, your promise of healing is sealed. And so keep walking with me in that journey. I love that you brought that up um, from Daniel. And I do have the scripture in front of me, but it says, if, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. The three things that I've talked about from my past suffering is God is able to deliver us. He will deliver us. But then even if he doesn't, yeah, we're not going to fold. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's where that like you get the setback and the setback and it doesn't look the way that it's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. But then what are you doing with that? Yeah, and I think... I just want to make a point of that. I love mm-hmm. that you brought that up because it's not, and if he doesn't ever, yeah. it's right. a, if he doesn't do what I thought I wanted him yeah. to do and how I saw this happening, yeah. that's the, and if not. And even if he doesn't. And even if he doesn't, I know and trust he still has a plan mm-hmm. and that he's working it out and it's better than I what I imagined, but I'm still disappointed Eventually. Right now. Right. Yeah. I'm still disappointed right now. So it doesn't mean that you have to just be like joyful and happy. Like, oh, this hurts so bad. Yay. Like that's <laughs> a little crazy. <laughs> what that means is I can mourn and be disappointed mm-hmm. about the fact that this was what I hoped for, mm-hmm. but I can still trust that he has a better plan. And so I just need a little more recalibrating because he has said, I can have the mind of God. I can know these things. These things are available to me. They're not elusive and they're not hidden but there's some adjustment in me that Mm -hmm. still needs to happen so that I can see fully what he has. But can I trust in that anyway? Have I said that um, on the floor of my bedroom or bathroom when I've like just been at the end, like fine. And you can hear the like, (laughs) I'm just going to give up. I'm not doing this because I'm so holy, but fine. And if you don't, I trust you anyway. Like, and if not, I know that your plan for me is still good and it doesn't look like I want it and it's not happening on my timeline, but I can trust and know why because you've walked with me through this whole time and you've reminded me and given me glimpses and tastes and gifts of healing and relief and miracle babies and (laughs) so many things that you've shown me along the way that how can I not trust you, God? 
But have we taken an inventory of those things? Or are we so lost in our disappointment and dejection um, and and diagnoses mm-hmm. um, that we haven't taken an inventory of those things so that they can help fuel us along the way? Mm-hmm. Um, have we gathered them up in a satchel, right, mm-hmm. for the next time we face an obstacle or for the next time we get this report? Because... As long as we're in this fallen, imperfect world, there'll be those times. Um, And can we look at them differently? Mm -hmm. Instead of making them part of the label uh, or an ongoing saga, can we start to fragment that a little bit and compartmentalize that? Because it's very easy, especially when things are compounded to go, well, it's the same thing. It's just happening again. He hasn't actually answered me. Nothing's changed. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because... um, Pastor Becky and I did um, just do a little bit of journeying together um, recently. And um, in my journey, I I had thought that this part of, um, like I said earlier, this part of my journey was over. Um, and then it came back full circle and it came back different. Um, and we had spent a lot of time there that it, it came back different, but it came back differently um, because there's more work to be done, not just in my physical body, but in my uh, emotional health. Mm -hmm. So when, uh, Nancy, when you asked earlier which part, uh, it it really is, it's twofolded, and God knows what needs to be worked on, um, and he knows when we're not done working on it yet, and he knows how to get our attention. Right. Um, And he got my attention this time. (laughs) And so we're Mm. working through some things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... For you, yeah. <laughs> um, God has addressed what you knew about, yeah, mm. and and so there's still an answer to prayer, yeah, and there's still progress in the journey, and now He's addressing what you didn't know about, yeah, and that can be oh. really frustrating, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just... but am I not still thankful? Oh gosh, yeah. grateful for. Making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the part that keeps me in the hope. Is uh, Pastor Becky says, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he loves you enough not to leave you there, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And he loves me enough not to leave me in this junk. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, in order for him to get my attention, my life has to be turned upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I'll ignore it, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows that. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a new Pastor Beckyism. I think some of you have heard it, oh. and it's uh, a truth disrupts, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. would I rather live in denial of what's there and be blindsided by it, or would I choose for God to tenderly, gracefully, mm-hmm. mercifully, kindly, gently guide me through that, even if it's disruptive? Mm-hmm. And I think what we fear when we have those moments is that truth is destructive. And yet, if it's God, I know God's design and God's design is healing Mm -hmm. and wholeness and redemption. And so when I receive a truth, can I trust that it's disruptive, inconvenient, not what I wanted, but can I trust the God who is good, that it is not destructive? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that he holds me in this as well. And that I will see his goodness mm-hmm. again 
because he gave me that gift already and he's shown mm-hmm. it to me already. And maybe you haven't had one of those moments to our listeners out there, or you haven't been through a journey where we can pluck those out of your timeline for you and help you gather <laughs> them up. <laughs> and sometimes we have yeah. to pluck, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's embedded in our stories so deeply that maybe we don't even see them or can acknowledge them or can find them because there's so much for us to sort through. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I want to encourage you to sort that through with people who have walked the walk and are walking the walk. Mm -hmm. I don't think one facilitator would say to you that they're all done and uh, (laughs) it's perfect now. Um, But can they say that there's so much that has been accomplished and so much work that has been good and so much that they are now free of that they weren't at one point? Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So many, so many good things from that that I feel like we can kind of chew on and and dive into. Becky, is there anything else that you wanted to add? I think um, for everyone out there, I know if you've heard the scripture, um, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content that that can seem elusive when uh, you're just in pain uh, and things are really hard and um, there's a lot of sorrow and mourning in your life. Um, but I just want to encourage you to, the scripture goes on to say, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any circumstance, in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, and I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that requires you to actually submit to that mourning and sorrow sometimes Mm -hmm so that you will know how to abound, that that is part of the exercise of actually being strengthened and being equipped um, for whatever might come your way. And if you're feeling like, I don't feel equipped, I feel weak and I'm not able, um, would you be brave brave enough to uh, come alongside someone who can witness and bear, bear witness to your pain and sorrow with you? that you will not fall into despair, but they will hold you and encourage you, um, but also allow you the space to do that so that you can be strengthened and so that you can uh, be content and abound uh, in every single day of the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for being here, Steph. Okay, thanks and, so much for having me. And fi- finally, <laughs> to Silas <laughs> for, for sleeping through most of the podcast. <laughs> But it was really great to have you. I, I love your insight and your facilitator voice too, like yeah. knowing all of the journey to wholeness lingo and kind of how, mm-hmm. how those conversations go. And, and of for course, sharing your story, which isn't easy always <laughs> to do. Thanks guys. All a part of the process. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode in our How Do I series. Do you have a question that you'd like us to address on the podcast? Email us at becky at j2wholeness.org. Comment and like this podcast and make sure to follow us on Instagram at j2wholenessgb. Thanks for joining us on The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. To learn more, visit our website at j2wholeness.org. The letter J, number two, wholeness.org. For more information about online courses, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats.